Hello, and welcome to Artbox DMV. I'm your host, Jason. In this episode, I was finally able to catch up to Douglas Hokuzuma, aka Hokso. Hokso's work explores time and chaos with his mandalas to his drip art and with his use of tools like garden sprinklers and hoses. Most of his works are on walls across the United States and other parts of the world. We talk about his humble beginnings, his themes, and his art practices. To hear the full interview, head to the website at artboxdmv.com. So, with that, sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview. All right, well, thanks again, sir. I appreciate it. Well, let's start with this hard-hitting question uh, right off the bat. So, uh, what's your origin story? How'd you get started in all of this? Oh, in art? Just in general, Making? Making? I mean, it's just something... You know, like I, you know, I was always drawing as a kid. I took it more serious in high school. So, and that's when I did my first mural. I was 15, painted behind my art class, and then uh, followed up. I did another one on like the field house of the football team, and that's when also I linked up with a bunch of members in my crew. Even though I didn't join the crew till much later on, but I just enjoyed painting with a bunch of graffiti artists. And I always had a, a practice from day one of studio works and then outside wall projects. I don't know, you know, and then I did the college thing. Uh, did like 10 years there. Ended up with uh, art history degree, painting degree. And then I did a five-year architecture program in four years. And almost got a philosophy degree. And I got a minor, I think, technically in that one. That's just because I was taking so many theory classes and never visiting like a guidance counselor. And then at the end, I had to visit one like to yeah. finish and they needed one more semester and I could have. And at that point, like I didn't even want to graduate. Like they made me a TA, I had an office and I was 10 years of school. I was, I was I cannot super imagine into you wearing slacks and a dress shirt and a tie. Oh, you don't have to wear that. Well, still. None of my professors <laughs> did, or maybe a couple did, but uh, no, but I did. I mean, they, like, they had me doing desk crits and like grading test but it was uh I was you know a professional student for a minute I also knew like when I started studying architecture the field was was a good career to have when I got out of college that was 2008 which I was aware of yeah the market and the industry of architecture took a horrible turn yeah I wanted to like stay longer (laughs) in school and like they wouldn't loan me any more money. <laughs> so I was kind of like, all right, uh, which led me, you know, it was the right push. Like I was, you know, pretty screwed. Like I, I couldn't find work. I was overqualified for almost every job I was going for. Almost got a job in a cabinet shop, but the guy was, I couldn't convince him that I wouldn't be bored. Like that was, he was like, yeah, but you're going to be bored. I'm like, yeah, but like, that's the point. Like. Yeah. I need a job. I need, a job. <laughs> like, I need oh, yeah. work. I got bills to pay. And uh, I ended up, you know, I worked in a lumber mill, a restoration lumber mill. Oh, that must have been kind of cool. It was for like the first couple of weeks. And then it was just tough work. It was yeah. all heavy timber, black cypress. Wow. That they were pulling out of the swamps. And then um, date pine which is just pine, but the dade pine, it's growing in the limestone. There's not a single bug that's going to mess with it. It's also like stone. It's so hard, the dade pine. It doesn't exist anymore. There's over a hundred different products you can make from dade pine. The big ones were like uh, a fire starter, (laughs) super flammable. Um, And like uh, floor, pine salt cleaner. 
any like that scent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they're they're using down. And then Hurricane Andrew wiped out the last forest of the Miami Dade pine. So while I was working in a lumber mill, when I got off, I was running to my friend's tattoo shop and painting on Home Depot drop cloths stretched on a eight foot by eight foot two by four frame. And that's literally found object, man. <laughs> just you know, change every I was painting on the same campus. I just didn't have any money. Like I was I was barely surviving. But I, every day after work I'd go behind a shop and just uh figure out. So you went from one grind to the next grind. Yeah. But it was a passionate grind, so to speak. When I got out, like at the same time was the second year of primary flight in Miami. And uh, it's a longer story, but I'll make it really short. I, I ended up being the guy uh, that was running all the lifts, dealing, helping assist all the artists that we were bringing in. Um, and at this time, this was the first mural festival. And we had pretty much every artist had no idea how to drive a lift. We had guys putting diesel and the gas lifts, you know, like these. <laughs> dude, it was, oh, my God. I think in the second year, picked up that gig. And then I ended up because it was only a couple weeks. And then I worked in a lumber mill. And then the following year, they brought me back paying this time. They brought in like 150 some odd artists, 40, 50 like known. And then the kind of like loosely asked, but it was pretty much like primary brought like over 100 vandals to the city of Miami and thieves and, <laughs> and questionables. And like, it was a dream. Wynwood was just warehouses and the city didn't even understand. It was a free-for-all. So much fun. And during that time, I kind of, I found this mark that I use today where it's, uh, I'm using half the cone of paint. So it's, it makes this U shape or arc or a V. Yeah. And that's what I was doing behind my friend's shop. Like just trying to figure out what to do with this technique really inspired by like and then like i helped l mac and retina like project and sketch their mural that they're doing and I, I was always a huge fan of l mac's work and then to like be in the lift driving and like watching him paint and like he's him and i are similar in a sense it's like same cap super fat cap and just figuring out a technique and then figuring out what to do with that technique right and keep growing with it and just just working off that same because his is just I'm, I'm on a side, and it's like a flick. I don't touch the wall. Oh, uh, I thought you did. Huh. No, I mean, maybe, but very rarely I'm touching the wall. Futura did the same mark in, like, I want to say late or early 80s. or, But he stabs the can against the wall. And, like, shortly after 20, probably 2010, 2011, I, I was lucky enough to... Uh, smoke a blunt with Lenny, with Futura, and seen a lot of my work up around town. And and he couldn't figure out how I was doing what I was doing. And I was like, dude, you did this, like, <laughs> but it's it's like a it's like a flick or uh, in graffiti terms, I heard it's like uh, I'm doing like a reverse flare. A reverse flare. You know, normally the flares you're flicking out, but this yeah. I'm coming in. These portal vortex murals are, uh, I don't know, several thousand U-shaped marks or... <laughs> They started off like I just would draw a big circle and then fill it with just patterns over patterns over patterns, like just learning. And then I did the uh, concentric circles, which everybody read mandalas, yeah, which is totally fine. It just wasn't my inspiration of what I was like painting. And then 
here in DC in 2016, I, I off-centered it and created this portal vortex. And uh, that really, that the mural I did here really like, it was pretty wild having it go viral. Like I was in, uh, it made it in Colossal and High Fructose and yeah, Fubiz is in uh, like a similar thing. It just really kicked off things. Well, so pretty much it's brought you up to where here you are now talking to me about it. Yeah, like yeah, I, I mean, it's a short sum of it, right? It um something like that. Yeah, it, <laughs> I mean, it it really kicked off realizing like I'm I'm interested in mechanisms and spray paints the first of the mechanisms. Um, Why would you say that? Is like just because from your your like previous training, uh, like from school, or is just as a kid? Well, I didn't like really realize I was doing it until like the next one I started working with was was a paint pendulum, and that's when I was like, oh okay, like. I like this. I, I like finding these like non-traditional mark making tools and then figuring out what they can do, like yeah, what kind, kind of patterns of, they can develop. You almost beat me to the punch. Cause like, you know, uh, you use garden hoses, you use garden sprinklers, you use the, the, the different types that has the fan. Yeah. Dust pans, dust pans, which is like a trough. Like that series was, so I started using the paint pendulum and it was just, general basics, figuring out what kind of patterns. There's kind of really only two. There's like maybe three or four, but there's two that like one's like, it's either a parabolic curve or it's a spiral that you can make right off the rip. Uh, it can do this trapezoid if it has two strings oh. and it'll turn back on itself. And I kept it like really primitive. It's just a Evian bottle, one liter bottle with paint and uh, two holes in it and fixed to a ceiling. And just let gravity do the work? Just let it do its thing. I, I got into some conceptual work. Like I did this body of work where it was called 60, 60 minutes. And it was 60 12 inch circles. I'd let the pendulum paint for six, one minute on each circle. And then it was like an hour. I did a few of those. It was kind of tongue in cheek on like the pricing. And then like most people are kind of quick to giving value to something to the amount of time that it takes you to make it. Yep. So I was able to like <laughs> answer some questions in a smart way, kind of <laughs> like, you know, I got a friends and family rate. It's, it's $100 a minute. Yeah. For you, it's $200 a minute. <laughs> but, uh, which like that work led into... I started doing these like heavy pours on canvas and then letting the pendulum do this grid on it. And then I would like pick it up and let gravity manipulate it. I was calling it like gravity mapping. Um, and while I was making those pieces, you know, like the next day I come in or even as I'm making it, I'd see parts of the, the painting that fell onto the table or floor. And like, I want to use that. So I started painting with paintings. Oh. Where I'd paint, I'd do that technique and then I'd have another canvas and then like use that painting to make a painting and like letting the paint fall off of it and like, which led into finding the dustpan. I could just load this thing and then yeah, get into that. A little easier. Yeah, it was like a little <laughs> more <saying>. efficient. <laughs> yeah. um, just a, and a lot of experimentation, like just getting really comfortable with failing a lot. So would it be safe to say then I would call you a mad scientist? Some, some people... Some people say that, um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's kind of been evolving. Like the next one that, that I got interested in was uh, water irrigation systems or gardening tools where uh, 
Well, the first idea was like the classic Rainbird sprinkler, like the one that yep. makes that that noise. Oh yeah. I just wanted to pump paint out of that and see if we could do it. And uh, it was wild. This guy gave me uh, a carbon fiber tank from an airplane that can hold like. 3,000 PSI. Oh, man. He gave me like 50 of them, actually. They're they're for the slide that inflates when it comes out of plane, oh. so it's meant to hold that pressure so it could just instantly. Yeah. So we, we rigged that. <laughs> and I, the first time we did it, we pumped, I think it was two gallons of chrome in like 22 seconds that Whoa. came out of this thing. Whoa. Yeah, and it was like, that was 100 bucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like if we, I don't know how many more paint. Like, like we should probably like water it down so we can like afford to figure out like yeah, what yeah. what can it do. I mean, and that one's there's not much finesse to that, but it led to like the oscillator, which is like an arc with a bunch of holes in it, and right. it goes back the, and forth. Fan thing, yeah. That one's like one of my favorites. I just even like there's a the super generic garden hose gun yep. that has a thread at the end of it which is to hook up another hose right so you could I don't, I don't know why for whatever reason in the middle of the hose you can control it it's like a valve you could lock it open or have it closed that one i was like oh i could connect it to this other one and i have a trigger there's like a video on the internet of me running probably a hundred yards and the only reason why we had a 200 foot hose on the tank and yeah. my friend who was the one that turned it off, wasn't hearing anything I was saying, <laughs> which was like, shut it off, like shut, shut it off. And he, I look over and he's like, <laughs> like just go, go. Um, and then after that one, I was like, oh, like now, and then it gave me way more control or I could pet a few walls where I'm starting to learn some patterns it can make. That garden hose gun I discovered the beginning of this year that I can get it to shoot like six to eight foot circles. Yeah, I, I was uh, seeing some of the, the like Instagram stuff that you, yeah. The biggest fat cap ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's not a lot of finesse. I mean, I just haven't, that's one of the, like, I, I, I'm excited that I have a couple directions in my work. There's, at least in one of those directions, it keeps me excited about work and making work. And, and the, like, the self-discovery, you know? Yeah, I guess self-discovery. <laughs> As that's he looks not really off to the my side. Yeah, it's that's, not, not, that's not what's motivating you. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I mean, discovery. Yeah, but I don't know. Just self-discovery is like sounds like it's gonna feed an ego. Well, or yeah, it does. Kind of when you think about it, it sounds like it would be like in a, like uh, a teenage to, movie or something. Yeah, or like I'm trying to learn something about myself, yeah. and it's like I'm not. Yeah. Like, in fact, like like I I really like to like wake up in the morning and murder my ego. Like as a ritual, well, uh, I, it's a thing. Maybe it's it's probably not the healthiest some days, but yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, like just having a hunger for it. You know, early on, I was lucky enough to work with a couple friends that were doing quite well and had you know been. I think at the time they were probably five or six years as a living artist, and I had millions of questions for them. But the one that they always kept giving me was like, you just have to keep doing it. And I'm like, yeah, no <laughs> like, <laughs> And then, but then I hit like the 10 year marker and I was like, oh, you have to keep doing this. You gotta <laughs> like, keep doing it. You, yep. Finding like the motivation or yep. inspiration or the muse, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But it's, you know, it's kind of like, 
you know, it's, it's uh, I guess it's like that good metaphor to life. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. You got to. Got to keep doing you the gotta, grind. You got to stay hungry for it. You gotta, you know? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is what I do. I'm staying hungry for it. I chased you around the freaking country, man. <laughs> Come on. So uh, what is the capacity of color and motion in your work? <laughs> well, motion, I mean, I, I guess, like, it's not a literal. Neither of those things are, like, uh, something I'm focused on or even, like, giving much thought to, to be honest. Because, I mean, all my work's pretty stagnant, uh, except for, uh, there's moments my work's like very optic and it'll, they'll, there'll be this optical illusion where it's like vibrating or kind of like moving a little. Yeah. Which I, I love when that happens. Um, it's funny, I'm like thinking about the pendulum and like, even even when I'm painting these murals, like this this vortex mural, it's a funny dance. Like I got, I have a driver and we have, we're having a language like that as the lift is moving, I'm painting. I'm like this weird giant printer in a sense. Um, and it's, it's all about rhythm and timing. So like the movements inherit in, in the process of my work. And sometimes I get lucky and there is a little bit of that in the, the after effect of it. Right. But um, color. <laughs> Maybe I wish I cared a little more when I was studying so much about color theory. Um, um, yeah, I love color theory. I don't know why. I, I admit I'm a geek on it. I I either kept things like early on, I would only use black and white. And I did quite a few large works because I was I only was curious about the mark and the pattern. Right. And I didn't want to involve all the baggage of color. Yeah. But over the past 10 years, I definitely have a better understanding of color, not a normal painter's way. Oh, you mean like how they shoved down my throat in school? Yeah, or just like any classical training and then you're thinking of, you know, and if it's taught in a way of like paint and like painting with a brush, if they applied the way I'm using spray paint, it'd just be the muddiest painting ever. Because a lot of times I'm, everything's super complementary colors yeah. that I'm laying over each other and like, not so much on this one, a little bit, but um, I've done a few where it's it's wild as you're, as I'm spray painting, like knowing like this shouldn't work, but it's really working. Um, I don't know. Well, I think it, like I'm just am like this work is a giant. I'm slowly learning. It's self discovery of color. I'm learning. Right, I'm don't not turn this I'm into not, a preteen <laughs> movie not, now. Come on. I'm not trying. Like it's just a happy coincidence, uh, I guess. But they're not motivators. Neither of them. But now I have to kind of wonder, it's like, what is motivating you? I, that's, yeah, that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, so we might as well just drop the mic now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. No, like, that's what, like, it's like, yeah, I'm on a search for, like, I really enjoy doing these spray paint murals, but then after a few of them, I'm ready to have a break. And then luckily, like, I get to do these garden hose i don't even know what to call that work but um the irrigation paintings which is a ton of fun and I'm, I'm out of my comfort zone like it's like and i and like i know the variables but like i've only used these tools so many times so it's like i don't you know like i shouldn't tell clients or collectors that like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> Like, that's, like, that's kind of the so point. what are you gonna do? I'm like, I kind of really have no idea. Like, but that—that that was like that's the point. Like, yeah, that is the point. If if I know what I'm about to do, it feels too much like work. 
Like I got a clock in, clock out kind of mentality. So are you so sure I, you didn't get a doctorate in philosophy? <laughs> I think I might still be working on that. Okay. Yeah, you're uh, two glasses shy, right? <laughs> something like that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to ask this, and you're going to give me a, a one-minute response. Okay. It's like a 30-second sketch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what are some of the key themes you explore in your work? Well, I'm not asking what your favorite color is. No, it's just, I mean, patterns. It's all, and like trying to have some control on chaos. You while, can't control it. While understanding I can't control chaos, but like, but you kind of can. You kind of, you kind of can guess it a little bit. Like, how so? This, I mean, leaving room for it to do what it wants to do. Oh, okay. But you could still set up variables where you think you're in some kind of control. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's so a it's very like, a like false pretense in a way. Yeah, but it's like a very human thing, like thinking we can control everything. And, right. And the reality is that you have no control on anything. Well, that comes to mind about. So it's like maybe I like to have the illusion like I'm controlling chaos. Right. Yeah, because I was going to say, it's sort of like uh, Eastern philosophy is always about you can't control nature, you just got to live with it. Whereas Western f philosophy is always about you can control it. You know, here's yeah. a weed whacker for you. Yeah, yeah. like a French garden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a great example. It's a French garden. Yeah. When you approach a project like the wall or your studio work, do you have a preset idea? Not like saying you have a plan, but just um, I feel like picking up this tool today and working with it versus yeah like certain techniques like i i kind of already know where i'm going with it but with the the dustpan pendulum work initially it was just producing 100 pieces and a dozen i'd really be happy with like the outcome of it and then i would focus on like how can i recreate that scenario again or push that direction more yeah since 20 2020 i did a show in paris where the work started becoming like abstract surrealism and that was only because i was starting off the background with a horizon line so it set it in a kind of a landscape mm -hmm. and then i just started calling them transfer portraits i started calling them portraits and like in the composition that i was doing was like a bust of a portrait super abstract once you titled it that way and like and then once i kind of acknowledged like oh like i'm starting to mess with you know abstract surrealism it was really an exciting moment like oh there's a whole like another door open it was like oh wow there's like all these other things to investigate with a, that particular type of technique and then this last year one year from like this month i connected my studio work with with my mural practice where i referenced a painting i made in my studio and scaled it up as a mural and come on i've done six of them now since and that body works like I'm very excited that I can like I have I've yet to have like the walls I've been getting are like I get approached for this body that wall and then I'm I'm just taking cropped shots of other you know paintings that I made in my studio and then yeah. scaling it up yeah but soon I'm like looking forward to the whole process where I'll know the size of wall I'll have time where I can go in the studio crank out a couple dozen at that composition size, like whatever, by the canvas that's similar scale and shape of that wall. Yeah. And then literally just, you know, scaling up that painting to the mural. With that body work, I'm able to build a team. One, like the spray paint work I do with the Vortex, it's like a double-edged sword. Like, you know, I'm kind of the only guy, like, like I have to do it. Like I can't, there's not really too many people that 
I would feel comfortable hiring to help me do this this type of work. Whereas this new body of work, it's been awesome to like build a team and like work with painters that I really respect and admire and inspired by and getting budgets that I can like pay them what they deserve. And right. like the learning curve was like learning about giving up ownership and only because I wanted them to own it as well. And the semantics are always really important when I'm working with people on all of my projects. It's always in the sense of like collaborative effort and never refer to anyone as an assistant. It's like a really small thing, but it's it's giant. And just my thought process, just how I like to uh, have the environment of working with anyone. I have yet to be, it's like September and I only had a month in my studio in January. I'm really looking forward to uh, December and January of next year where I can um, get some time in there. The last works I did, uh, I started cutting out paper stencils of portraits, of photographs I would take of my friends. The first couple, I just like Googled uh, silhouette, generic portrait silhouette, and then just like, just drew it. And then a couple of them, I was like looking at the photo of my friends and like drawing their portrait. It was nice to like do that. I hadn't done that for 20 years. <laughs> um, I've been in like pure abstraction for that long. It's pretty funny. Like it's not exactly like riding a bike, like learning how to draw from still lifes or portrait. It's, it's a skill. And like if you don't use it. You kind of you kind of lose it. Like yeah. I used to be able to draw people, but I'm not that good at drawing. <laughs> it's like you look really bad. It's funny though, you know. Like, oh yeah. But then, so I'm cutting those out, and then I'm what I'm doing is I'm using the dustpan technique. I'm doing these these portraits because right now they're just been small studies. I'm looking forward to like doing larger portraits, attempting to uh, not be maybe it's just surrealism, you know, not. There's, there's still very abstract or so yeah. like finding a weird balance in that. Well, I kind of want to go back real quick and ask. So uh, you had said earlier that, you know, you'd gone to um, the architecture school. So would, when you were in school, did you learn a lot, a lot of AutoCAD or hand drafting? Uh, it was a ton of hand drafting, which was a nightmare. Um, well, kind of and you'd be lot. there all night yeah. and the school would shut the AC off at three in the morning. Was this a school and in Florida? Yeah, in Fort Lauderdale. So in the summer, yo, like, oh. and you're like on working on ink on Mylar. And yep. of course, like at some point, sweat drips on it. And yeah. then you're like ready to lose your yeah. um, <laughs> Or you are losing your <laughs> yeah. And Luckily in Lauderdale, the pub closed at 5 a.m. So you could just, you know, it's like everything's correct. And yeah. just go <laughs> figure it out in the morning. Um, yeah, there was no laser cutters. The kids these days are spoiled in architecture school. Like laser cutters, 3D printers, yeah, like know, yo, 3D scanners on your phone. You like had to make sure like, ammonia solution was, wasn't a blue line machine. Yeah, yeah. Or like now I'm. Oh no, the paper got exposed. Crap. I was cutting chipboard models, and I was the king of doing perspective renderings. Like I would have like, a couple dozen. That's what I was going to lead to because. Uh, so by doing the hand drafting, though, it kind of led to doing the perspective. Yeah. Usually they require like one or two perspectives and I'd walk in on my presentation with like a dozen. But I was like, I was kind of like, I don't want to say cheating, but yeah, kind of. <laughs> I had a I had a process that because SketchUp was was available. The 3D modeling programs were, were still early. You could pull some stuff off, but it wasn't really time efficient. Yeah. So I would just build these uh, chipboard models take a bunch of photos, print those photos, 
scale them up and then I would trace them and then render them. But they looked, they looked, is a they looked really, it looked like I knew what I was doing. Like, like <laughs> and it, like, it looked like I was freehanding it, but I, I, I wasn't. Um, but, uh, well, I hope, hope none of your professors hear this show. <laughs> where, 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 what kicked off the architecture? Because when I look at your work, I, I do get this sense of a lot of mechanicalism in it, you know, and, uh, and, and the kind of control or lack of control that you do in your work, because uh, especially with your irrigation system series and, you know, especially with doing all your uh, mandolins and all that, it, it makes me think that you have to be very particular, but yet you don't want to be particular. Yeah. In a nutshell, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like to leave some room for those, the air, like the, a lot of times what I'm most interested in is like how that thing failed. Hmm. There's a couple of these paint guns, like even the industrial airless gun, like I could figure it, I figured out, I put it on this, like on the lowest setting, not on prime. And I can get it to do these weird chisel because it's the engines going, meow, 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 yep. and it, but it's pumping the paint that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, yeah, I have some work. Like I focused on that. It's just learning. I like the lo-fi. I like something that's like super advanced. Then like, how can we make it kind of lo-fi? Like, how mm. can we dumb it down? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so you like to reverse engineer? Yeah, reverse kind of, kind of, but like in yeah, a very, really in a jacked and, up in sense. a reverse engineering way. Like, oh, fuck, I kind of broke it, yeah. but it still yeah. works. Like, oh wow, it made something really surprising and actually interesting. No, I think all of my influence of architecture, it's maybe it's intuitive. I think the one thing I my my takeaway from architecture school was just a work ethic. What the workload they would set on you was always unrealistic. Oh, they, like, oh yeah. They, they didn't want you to stay up for five days straight kind of thing, but they, but did, they did, you know, oh, like, I know. <laughs> and then sell it like on no sleep and have be able to be on point for the jury and like, yep. Um, I loved it. Like, and it, it's just, I think to this day, I, you know, deadline crunches and just, uh, unrealistic timelines. Like they kind of, uh, you're I like those. I, I like, like I get, I get calls like, oh, like, can you do this wall? But, and then like, yeah. And then and they're like, but can you do it in like a week? And it's like, I mean, yeah, like that's a, you know, there's a rush fee on that. But yeah. <laughs> like, well, you have to Venn diagram, right? Like, um, <laughs> But like I do paint really quick because of the technique that wall I just did. What was that? I think it was like twelve hours or fourteen hours over yeah, that's, three that's days. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty a lot of hours and it's like seventy-five foot by a forty-foot wall. Yeah. The twelve or thirteen story building I just did in Miami, we did that in twelve days. And that was like almost ten thousand square feet. And it was like nine hundred and twenty cans of spray paint. And it was like 110 degrees outside. It was over 105. We barbecued every day. I think we went through like 60 hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got off the hot dogs. I realized like that was probably not the best thing to eat every day. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I'm, like, I don't know. I'm always on the mural work. I'm interested in like the time, like how long. Some walls, it's it's... I have to react to the architecture. Some are more interesting than others. Like on the Rainbird one, I did one. It was like one of the first big ones. And it's in Miami. I put the sprinkler one in the lift and shot it. I think it was like a 200 foot long wall by 40 or 50 feet tall. And then, you know, made a giant mess. And then what I did was I just used the expansion joints. It was a 
big parking garage wall and then did a dozen arches and then we painted the expansion joints white so it looks like this like roman barrel vault like yeah. architectural thing you could say that piece may have been a, a, a throwback or i think that piece is the only one to this day say. that's like yeah. yeah there's there's giant architectural influence you, you, now on you got to work that out of your system you it was like go how am i going to pull this off like yeah. that one they didn't they really wanted a vortex but the, just the budget wasn't there um, and then I was like, oh, I have this other project that we can, <laughs> we can, we can make work. We yeah. can make that work, you know? And it was, it was, uh, I forget the numbers on that, but it was like, like 60 gallons of paint or something. And it was in five hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeez. And how many people do you have working with you? On there was one? just one other. I had, I had just a, two people. It was just myself and, a, and, and another friend just helping me drive it and just to be there. It was getting hot in the studio where we were doing the interview. So we finished it up outside. We talked about what people don't understand about his work and what advice he would give to his past self and to other artists. All right, we have been circling around this, this whole conversation for this question. What would you say your practice or, or art uh, say about your ideas? This era, like day and age that we live in, like it's not common to be making tangible things. Yeah that aren't digital right i don't know I, th I think there's something innate like in human nature on like making marks on walls and leaving a mark yeah, i was um, here yeah. you know like whether it's like a some kind of either fear of immortality or or feeling of you know being not fear of you want to be immortal or fear of you know of some kind of fear yeah i don't i don't know like i think yeah this whole the whole maybe i'm i am on some kind of self-discovery i just i'm not acknowledging that yeah maybe or i think hitting my 40s it's that's on the list of the coming of age moments i've been like or it's like i don't you know you are gonna man, end like, up making that teenage movie aren't you it's like what the, <laughs> what am i doing um i think that's a very common artist statement that like artists but it's, it's fine them. to have that, right? I mean, it's like why you're doing what you're doing to like, to be like, to, well, to have some kind of uh, place like or purpose. So I'm having some kind of purpose is uh, it's a good way to deal with anxiety, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, like I said, um, we've been dancing around it already. That's why I just was throwing it out there. Now, this question, I really am curious to know how you're going to respond. It's... Um, how would you like for people to respond to your work? Uh, like from the bourgeois all the way down or up to uh, the common folk? To have a response is, is, is enough for me. Or to what I find with a lot of, with my murals, I really enjoy that it's engaging and that the viewer gets to discover their narrative and their interpretation on it. Um, that's what gets me going. So would you say you're in the camp of they finished the work? When you're painting murals, people will be like, what is it? And, yeah. and my quick answer is always whatever you want it to be. Sometimes you get some really nice replies and other times they, I think they think I'm being an asshole or something. <laughs> but, um, but like, no, really, like sincerely, like, sincerely. Whatever, whatever you want it. Like, it Maybe not complete the work, but it, it gives it life because there's some kind of interaction with it. Yeah. Now, you do a lot of awesome abstract approach to your work and some people would say it's a practice right but 
what is, is there something that people get wrong or don't understand about your work? <laughs> I mean, if there's something people are getting wrong or don't understand, I think that's really on me. And uh, I try, because it's like I'm trying to understand. Um, and luckily over these last, you know, 10 years, I feel that uh, even though I have four or five different directions, there's moments in each direction that uh, one mechanism will actually mimic the marking of another one. And it's a totally different process, which is always like a really exciting why does, like, moment. Why does that mechanical thing come back to me, you know? I don't know. Um, I mean, because it's, yeah, I guess like I am this, you know, I have, a, I, I have an architectural degree, but maybe I should have studied engineering, but or more mechanical engineering, but I don't know. I'm just fascinated by it. Um, Nothing's wrong with being fascinated by it. Kind of like, like, for instance, like the paint pendulum, you know, do these very concentric lines, very clean, um, you know, and then I've had this gardening tool that shoots a dozen lines and they're, when I work with them, they're, it's, all, it's very similar. I can't use a paint pendulum on a wall, but I can use this other gun that makes a similar mark. I'm hoping to like piece all that together eventually. Well, you can just get a, a piece of uh, big canvas, like 60 by 30. Yeah, but I like, but I want it on, I want it on a, you know, I guess that's the architecture. Like I want it on a building, I want it on right, a wall. Right. I think at heart, maybe first a muralist and then like, but even though I've always had a balance between my studio and work, I'm always, I guess that's what has me the most excited is, is, you know, I, I went to school to design buildings and, and little, little did I know that, or I should have known that I'm more interested in painting on buildings. So, but you had to go through that process. I, yeah, yeah, I had to run through all that. Yeah, it um, took a while, right? <laughs> yeah, and it still is. Um, I think, uh, like, well, I did figure out with the paint pendulum, there was one way, and maybe this still happens, it's a project I have where, um, with tilt-up construction, I'm not so, familiar with tilt-up. So tilt-up's a lot of like new warehouses and parking garages. They'll make the wall on the ground and then tilt it up. Oh, so tilt-up, okay. Hence the, the, the name. Right. Um, so and with that, I really want to do a big, big tilt-up wall. Maybe it's just a monolithic and it's just a self-standing solo wall. Um, or maybe there is a, some kind of developer that gives me the opportunity. But um, if I could do right? a, Yeah, I could do a giant pendulum with a crane which I've done. I did it with a five gallon and a, and a 60 foot lift, which showed me that it will do the same patterns, whether it's a one liter or a 55 gallon drum. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would like to do that piece. That same, you know, scaling up the pendulum led to another project that I thought I was going to do it this year, but, um, looks like it might be next year, but, um, which I'm excited for because it will take me into earthworks, which will be a new area for me. I want to take, you know, a 55 gallon drum or just a big vessel that I would have a crane and I would fill that vessel with, you know, soil and like sunflower seeds. Oh. And then throw a giant spiral that then would grow this spiral maze. That actually would be pretty hot. You know, and get the time lapse. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I've even like, you know, I'm like, all right, we're going to have to like, we're going to have to get a flagpole. <laughs> support well, yeah. foundation like it's probably going to be in a field there's not a way to have you know you can't drive a drone for three months over this 
Um, so I, like, I guess I, in theory you could. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have I have two, uh, you know, collectors for lack of a better definition, but um, that are really interested in that idea. Uh, I hope. Well, hope, hope that, happens. that happens. Yeah. That would be pretty awesome. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And then that can light it, you know. I, I'm more excited about the video of, like, people going through the maze and interacting with it. Oh, that like, would be cool, too, yeah. Yeah. Or, like, a corn maze-like thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this is the last question, and um, I ask everybody this question, and uh, it's because everyone gives a different response. Uh, what advice would you give to your past self and to other artists? Um... <laughs> Man, there's a few things, but um, it's funny. You are like you gave me a heads up on that, and I was like, oh yeah. I I, oh. I did warn you. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I I mean, one of the one like oh, I I would give it to my past self, and it's like the same, not to someone else, just yeah, to it's myself. Past self, yeah. Oh Jesus! Don't take student loans. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to school, man. Dude, you lost 10 years studying when you should have just been doing. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. You know? Fuck, man. Buy Bitcoin. <laughs> you were uh, actually the first person to say that. Yeah? Like, shit. Uh, you know, like, I should have released my... NFT uh, earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. That's funny. I, like, I don't know that I would give my past self much of a heads up on anything yeah. um, of, of what I've learned. Uh, it, it's a day-to-day -day thing. Um, that's I, that's pretty life. good advice, right there. You can. That's somewhat it's universal, like, but still, you know, you're living the truth in that. Like, you know what plans are good for? To know what you're not going to do. I like that. So make a lot of plans. Make a lot of plans because they always will change. Yeah. Um, have, you know, plan A didn't work. You got B, C, D, F. Have the whole alphabet if yep. possible. Then the Greek um, alphabet after that. Yeah. yeah. You know, just, just like a little bit of like what I'm doing is and what I have been doing was just like, you know, a sense of ingenuity. Like, like what can I make? with nothing like what you know, when you're just starting out and you know you're broke like it, uh, being a practice artist it's it's not easy to like materials aren't cheap well, you not. know <laughs> no materials aren't cheap yeah, you got so like i don't know man it's like a wild this is a wild ride fuck i'm like what would i advise like the advice i'd give myself today i don't even know man. Like, <laughs> it's like, no my, that's fair my that's future fair. self like i don't even like i hope to meet my future self <laughs> um yeah i don't even know what i would tell my future self well here, here's the easier part of that what kind of advice would you give uh other artists in general it doesn't matter if they're starting out or if they're a veteran get like get yourself really comfortable with failure mm. Like, and the more you're comfortable with that, the more you're going to learn. And, like, that, that element of taking a risk will just become, like, putting your pants on. Don't make it a thing. Right. You know, like, and not being in your comfort zone is a great place to be. So, like, 
as a practicing artist, those days where you're just, you know, writer's block in a sense, in can't, a sense. can't get yourself any motivation, like that's the day you should make work and I don't, whatever that is. And maybe it is just some simple drawings or doodles or like some, like for me, I set out to make a bunch of bad paintings. Um, that's just what I say to myself because yeah. it just takes the pressure off. Yeah, and then the other thing I was saying, like, just you got to keep on doing it and keep on doing it. The grind, it. like and you like, were saying you, earlier, the grind. You got to produce, and it's hell sometimes. Oh, it's, yeah, it is fucking hell. Like, yeah. you know, like you end up in those uh, existential crises of, like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing in my life? Enjoy the, oh, here we go, man. Like, the, the pastel or just any artist, like, there's highs and lows. And like, enjoy the lows, like learn how to enjoy lows. And if you get really good at that, then everything's on the up. I'm gonna end the interview right there. Dope. <laughs>